Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in the world right now. This is Emrys Wang of The Raw Entrepreneur. This is a special series called Podex Live on Mind Valley, where speakers share their passion uncensored. What is conscious caregiving for animals? Journey with us, three kindred spirits from three different countries, Emrys Wang from Singapore, Dr. Isla Fishburn from the UK, and Julianne Lee from Canada, as we explore and discuss what it means to be a conscious caregiver for animals. This podcast has been edited for general publication. Hey, ooh, hey, 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 ooh, hey, hey. absolutely howling and I thought and I was so tempted just to let him go and let everybody hear it because he doesn't howl oh thank you Henry very murky but he does howl and he was sitting right beside me from the from there came and sat beside me he was just sitting there just howling (laughs) I was like oh my gosh I was like so tempted just to let him go like so that you could hear it it was just kind of like should I shouldn't I oh on do you know thought, like first of, yeah first of all it's like that it's calling to circle which is so powerful and magical I love it love it and yeah like because I did hear him but for me that's why this is what I love in many meditation practices we kind of expect everything to be silenced like come on, everything should be quiet and perfect and silent to have that peace but when we are in this, when we are dropping into that vibration and coming into our hearts and stop stopping to think, then the things that show up are so important. So it's things like that when people are like, oh, the dog's bark. Why is the dog barking? But it's like, actually, everything is perfect. It's perfect timing. I know. Um, I kind of wish I hadn't muted it because you would have just been like completely blown away. I was, I had my eyes shut and I, and I actually had to go, no, this is more important. I have to look at him and he looked just like, like a wolf. Like he was just like face up. That was crazy. Thank you, Henry, for joining us in the circle that way. Thank you. Thank you. Still right there, like sound asleep. Well, he, he knows that Isla's the wolf lady. So, you know, he had to join, he had to join in. Um, It's crazy. Oh, that's really special. That really is, is. special. It really is. It's really powerful. Like I really can't express like how, as I say, when we when we are kind of hooking up in this way, our our animals know and they're like, but yeah, let's celebrate, let's honor, let's call to circle, let's like it's like let's call to the ancient ones. It's 
being well, part of the next time you do it he usually is up here and if he starts i'm just gonna let him go and i won't i won't mute it because i think it's mm. i think in a way i was like kicking myself then when you started talking and he fell asleep i thought i should have let this happen because it was almost like ceremonial for the mm. first one you know like it was yeah. quite you know i've been around him for his entire life and i've never heard him howl <laughs> wow well thank you i'm deeply oh, no. honored to the spirit that is henry thank you thank you thank you yeah deep honoring deep honoring okay so um i want to welcome dorinda into our circle here um thank you for joining us um my name is Emrys Wang from Singapore. This is the Raw Entrepreneur Podex series. It's the very first episode of the Conscious Caregiving for Animals um, lectures that was going to be conducted by Dr. Isla Fishburn and Julianne Lee, DCH, which actually, I don't know what it means in Latin or whatever, but she's basically a homeopath, right? Did I get that right? Well, it's a it's it's a doctor of classical homeopathy, but there you go. I have my first homeopathic veterinary surgeons, so... Yeah. A little bit added to that. <laughs> so I'm going I'm going to let um Isla go first. And you know, if Isla, if you could share, you know, a short intro and you know, uh, share with Dorinda um who you are and why you do what you do, really. Oh, thank you so much. And okay, well, welcome Dorinda. It's so nice to have you in our circle. Welcome, welcome. Um, so yeah, like Amra says, I'm Dr. Isla Fishburn, and so my background is in zoology and conservation biology, um, and masters and PhD are in conservation biology. So I've always had, as a child, a deep love of nature, a deep love of um, seeing everything as living, seeing everything as having a purpose. Everything that is here must have a purpose because it's here, and so really honouring that and getting people to to feel like themselves getting people to acknowledge and have the respect for everything that's around us everything that is around us deserves to be honored and have that respect and um i have a i, I have a very very deep passion for teaching people about dogs so I'm, i do do a little bit of stuff with cats and horses but that's actually more in the shamanic work that i do i do shamanic ceremonies for animals um so i do stuff with cats and horses but predominantly with dogs and my love for dogs came with the desire and passion to be a wolf conservation biologist so that was my plan after my phd i was going to work in america or europe i didn't really care but i was going to be out in the mud in the rain just learning about wolves so i i learned a lot about them everything from like symbology all the way up to like behavior conservation ecology conflict um and i worked with captive wolves for three years and as I was on the captive wolves for three years, like my my background as a zoologist and conservation biologist, heavily focused on ecosystems. So how I see it is like everything is an ecosystem from the cosmos. We are just a cell within the cosmos. So like as we are five of us together right now, we are all just like a cell within the giant organism of the cosmos. But um, also how as individuals we are also an ecosystem, and how we can look at ecosystem disturbance disruptions within dogs as individuals, ourselves as individuals, animals as individuals. So I look at therefore what I class as nourish nourishment. Um, how do we create nourishment uh, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically? Uh, starting with us as individuals, but then for the collective. For me, it's all about we do what we do, because as we do that, we are putting that into the collective as an energy, as a vibration. Um, and I worked 
a lot with the captive wolves and met a lot of people that had dogs and yet to my surprise they had this beautiful respect and honor and awe towards a, a captive animal that they've never met but yet the the conditioning i suppose the learning that they had picked up from just books or the what we see in the media or what we are told as children of how a dog should be was like so different and i'm like wow you live with this animal yet your understanding of your animal your i don't want to say love because of course they love their the animal but it's just like wow you've got this it's almost like these different set of conditions and expectations and rules for an animal that is still living so the way that i see our animals our domestic animals are still they're genetically ancient beings that live in a modern day world and it's the modern day living that really disrupts our indigenous blueprint our indigenous ecosystem for ourselves for our animals so i kind of went off from being my focus is in conservation of just having this beautiful connection with all of life but what i realize is like i really need to get people to be more connected with themselves to be connected with the animals that they coexist with in the then them connected with nature and to all of life so i'm now like a canine wellness practitioner i focus on canine wellness dogs as individuals dogs as ecosystems what that is what that involves which is a whole beautiful collective world of, of subjects and um, but i'm also a shamanic practitioner so i also bring in the concept of spiritual malnourishment that most humans and therefore our domestic animals are um suffering with and how we can support our own spiritual nourishment and our dog's spiritual nourishment. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's what I do. <laughs> Thanks, Isla. And now I'm going to introduce you to Julianne Lee, who is the amazing uh, founder. And, you know, she's actually a real business owner, entrepreneur in her own right. Uh, she's um, a dot beast apothecary in Canada. She started the first uh, veterinary hospital um, over there, which is basically completely holistic for animals, you know, using homeopathy and any other holistic modality. So she's really a trailblazer where she is. Um, I have followed her for a very long time. And, you know, I'm just a fangirl here of both Isla and Julianne Lee. So, you know, having them together with me in this circle is just super awesome. Like, I'm really, really nervous, to be honest. Um, <laughs> So I'm going to ask, so Julie, could you please share who is Julie and Lee, please? I don't, I think I uh, transform daily. <laughs> I really am. Um, that's a, that's a, that's an interesting question. Um, I think, I think I could have answered that even better when I was in my early thirties. And now sometimes I feel like I don't know who I am. I actually feel like I'm part of something bigger that, that really evolves on a daily basis. And I, um, I grew up in a rescue and I grew up with a mom that was, you know, connected to nature. And, you know, like Isla was saying, you know, we, you know, to the point that if we, we, you know, collected a bunch of ladybugs or something and and we were just interested in them as a kid if we weren't respecting them in a way that you know my mom was trying to instill on in us which is we are part of their when we go outside of our house we are now in their house so 
I really, I really grew up with that, with that strong, strong connection to nature and love of animals and um, started into the, you know, was, was showing horses and I, my love for horses and I lived on a farm and um, I kind of, my mom, we, we saw a naturopath and an herbalist and my, my parents were, my, not my parents, my, not my mom, my dad, but my mom and my grandma were very holistic. So um, I decided that I did want to eventually, when my father was pushing me strong enough to, to try to figure out what I'm supposed to do or what I wanted to do. And um, when I got into conventional veterinary medicine, I, I quickly jump the fence right like you i was going to school and i was really really dedicated to to learning and being as you know diligent about about learning what i could and i started out as, out as a veterinary technician and worked for a very large veterinary hospital for many many years but quite quickly started seeing animals even back then which would have been like in the late 70s be really sick like I was used to animals on our farm you know cats it sounds horrible but cats being run over by the tractor when they were 26 27 years old because they were blind and deaf and still out hunting right and like that was their death and that was their age expectancy and we had you know dogs that were you know eating groundhogs and living outside and big dogs like most of them were collie crosses and they were 16 17 years old and I was really always questioning why I was seeing dogs dying a lot younger and how come our animals on the farm never really got sick, right? Like they, they got broken legs and they had injuries and things like that, but they didn't often get sick. But I was very stubborn. I'm Irish Yugoslavian. And, you know, what I learned is what I learned. And I didn't want to listen to my mother and I didn't want to listen to my grandmother and I knew best. And, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're not feeding this dog kibble and what's wrong with you and everyone needs to be anyways so finally they had this massive intervention with me and sat me down and said you know we love you to death and we would do anything for you and this is where you need to be you need to be helping animals but ever since you've been doing it they're all getting sick like all the animals on the all of our small animals on the farm are getting sick and I still didn't I still argued with them until my dog at four years old got cancer and he was my heart dog, one of my heart dogs. And I was beyond devastated. And I wouldn't let anybody touch them. And I didn't know what to do. And I went to my mom and I was like, semi-hysterical. How can this be? He's four years old. He has the best of care. And she said, I said, what do I do? And she said, you know what to do? Go talk to Virginia. And Virginia was our herbalist naturopath. And I went to Virginia. And first thing she said to me is get him off of that food um, get him on, like gave me a diet, a cook diet back then. But, you know, um, we started doing SEX suppositories and doing all of this stuff. And I took him to a board certified, um, surgeon and the tumor was about the size of, um, a small lemon and he couldn't get him in for surgery because it was going to be a very big surgery. They were going to have to resect some of his bowel had a very grave prognosis and so I went home for two weeks before I had to take him back down to have the surgery done and by the time I got him back down um they took him to surgery I got a hotel close by because it was quite a ways away 
and they called me and I thought he had died. Like that's, I was just like, why are they calling me so soon? Well, the surgery was about a quarter of the length that it was supposed to be. The tumor had gone from the size of a, a, a small lemon to the size of a grape. It was completely encapsulated. They didn't have to resect any of his bowel. And right then and there, I knew that I had to like completely look at a different approach. So after he recovered, I took some time off because I, I felt like I didn't want to treat animals anymore. I didn't want to have anything to do with animal medicine because I was so heartbroken and discouraged that I thought maybe I'll become a naturopath or a chiropractor. So I went to Spain and when I got to Spain, I got really sick and with something that I used to get when I was stressed, which was almost like an inflammatory bowel disease, I would get hemorrhagic gastritis and I would be sick for a long time, like usually two weeks, something like that. And um, anyways, my girlfriend's boyfriend took me to the hospital and um, when they, as soon as they found out, they put me on IV fluids. And as soon as they found out that it had was something that I had had in my past, and that it was usually stress-induced. Another doctor came in and started asking me questions. So it was actually, it's actually funny a little bit. Started asking me questions like, am I stressed? And what are my dreams like? And I'm like, what is going on here? Just give me some drugs. And like, like I thought I was going to like die. Like, why is he asking me all these questions? Anyways, he was a homeopath. And he treated me homeopathically. And within three days, I was out of the hospital and backpacking. And it was, it was like, it was like, for me, it was like a miracle. So that led me to wanting to be a homeopath. I wound up going to UBC to do four years of human homeopathic medicine. And within about five minutes, I decided that I had to figure out how to do this with animals. So then after the four years, I went to England with the British homeopathic veterinary surgeons program in England. And then when I came back to Vancouver, I opened a clinic and went through a very, very long process of becoming the first licensed holistic veterinary clinic in Canada and did that for many, 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 many years. And um, then I taught a postgraduate veterinary, holistic veterinary medical program. Um, and then that led me to selling everything because I was burning out and move to a farm uh, a rescue farm where I have rescue horses and cows and potbelly pigs and horses and dogs and cats. And I basically have created a, um, a supplement company that I, with all the formulations that I've used at my clinic. And that's what I do now. And like Isla, I'm sort of, you know, my, my, my career with my supplement company has been, you know, I've been very blessed. I always say it's the spirit of my animals because I don't know how I even do what I do. And, um, and now I'm on a project to try and support um, the planet through forests and doing a, a, along with my supplement company, but doing a, um, a project with medicinal mushrooms and the microbiome and of the actual soil to see if we can stop, slow down logging and um, clear cutting and things like that to show that our forests have so much to offer us other than just killing trees. 
you know, so much to offer us from financially. Like, you know, you talk about, you know, being an entrepreneur, you know, they're, they're, the forest can provide things, medicinal things for us that would just blow our minds. And we're, we're looking at them for pulp and paper. Right. And so, yeah, so I'm here because through my 20 years at my vet hospital, I've been shown literally thousands and thousands of times the connection that animals and people have and how we teach each other and how we move through the world together. And exactly what Isla said, like Isla and I have very, very similar philosophies that, um, you know, given the chance our animals can change our lives. You know, they really, really can if we can step back enough to, to really be able to see it. So that's, that's part of what Isla does is she helps teach people how to do that, which is how we connected in a, a conference that we were both lecturing at. And, um, and then from my end, I, I'm much more like the, like the emotional, spiritual, physical disease process and how they're all connected and what we can do about that. So there you go, Joanne. <laughs> Thanks, Julie. Oh, awesome. So, you know, for the tree, well, like I said, this 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 event has been very special because I actually thought about this uh, more than a yeah, like more than a year ago, even before I joined Mind Valley, kind of thing. It's really bizarre, but I always I had a vision one day of of having Isla and Julie together, where we push for something very spiritual and very special, and Basically, it's conscious caregiving for animals. And the question is, you know, what is a conscious caregiver? You know, most people, we're pet parents, right? We, uh, we adopt or we purchase them and we feed them. I mean, like I started out as really a very simple novice pet parent. So I did everything the conventional vet told me to do. So I fed kibble to my cat and my cat got very sick within a few months, you know, and she was a, a kitten at that time. Um, and after repeatedly going through the cycle of taking antibiotics and steroids and antibiotics and steroids and uh, prescription diet and nothing worked. And I just thought, this can't be it. Don't tell me, you know, that this is it. This is, this is all that it is to help the animal. And that became my, my, my quest um, my desire to figure out, okay, I need to find alternative answers, you know, and that led me down uh, a beautiful, beautiful rabbit hole, you know, uh, where in, in, in my journey, I came across Isla and then I came across Julianne Lee, you know, and here we are today, um, which is really amazing. So I'm going to ask, you know, Isla and Julie, especially Isla can start first, like, what do you think it means, you know, conscious caregiving for animals? I just, you know, it's even when you say those words, like my just my entire being just lights up that all the hair stands on end because it's such a like, like you say, I'm just like, thank you, Amorous, for actually creating this and bringing us together in this way, because it's so so needed that animals have been calling for it for such a long time and now it's it's finally happening not just in this community but in in other communities as well 
And for me, yeah, that conscious caregiving is that conscious awareness, that awareness, that moment to moment to moment, we are present in our actions. We are present in our attitude. We are present in who we are and how we are and also who our dogs are and how they are not just dogs, I'm so focused on dogs, our animals, our pets, our companion animals. Um, and understanding really th going straight in there and diving in there of first and foremost recognizing that we are all vibration and frequency and that is how we all flow and move and affect one another. But also we are just a chapter in, in, in our book. We are just... Um, in a body having an experience. And so there is this beautiful spiritual contract that we have being here now, that our animals have being here now, and that we have agreed to be here now together to have these experiences. And for me, being conscious also includes being conscious of um, the spiritual, not just nourishment, but the spiritual being that we are and how we, um, operate from that place how we operate from that that system of love and spirit so i see it as two operating systems the the fear and the ego that i that i know i am here to support animal companion animal um, guardians and to support professionals as well to go let's take away that distorted um operating system of ego and fear which is there as a survival strategy and come back to that operating system which is oneness which is wholeness which is wellness which is holistic and holistic in that perspective of that place of 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 love um and spirit and so having the consciousness of the things that are happening around us the things that are showing up in our lives even to the point of wow why is my dog doing this we get so um, focused on how we can fix an animal, get f so focused on um, how it's it's our attention is on the animal, but trying to mould it, make it change, make it be different, or how we are fed from that distorted place of what, what it means to be a cat, like what a cat should be, what a horse should be, what a dog should be, um, without having that understanding acceptance of wow, our animals are also emotional beings and having a conscious awareness of this beautiful cocktail, this beautiful tapestry of what emotions are. And also when our, when our animals are showing up um, as a trigger, they are showing up literally as a reflection, as a mirror to say to us, yeah, there is, I am here to have an experience with you as we coexist as a family, but I'm also here as a, as a soul, as a being to allow you to return to what it is that you are as a human being on this on this earth as well what our function is what our purpose is and for me that is coming back into oneness coming back into that yeah all all that is um and so yeah the consciousness for me is every moment like our animals so beautifully remind us they live from present moment they live from the heart they feel and respond from the heart even if they're doing something that annoys us or embarrasses us that we don't like and again if those emotions most those emotions that are denser in vibration are showing up in us about our animals then actually looking at that again as a reflection and going hang on why am i embarrassed why am i feeling irritated why am i not happy with this what is my dog showing up to tell me about itself but also about myself um and so responding more from the heart for me is is where 
we live and operate from and we are conscious. Um, yeah. Thanks, Island. Julie, what 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 is you know what do you think is conscious caregiving for animals? Um, well, I agree with everything that Isla says. I also feel like it's layered, right? Like I feel like um, I feel like our animals teach us how to almost like go up the ladder. So I think I think consciousness can start from just being aware that that our animals are feeling something different than us or feeling exactly the same as us is is a huge step for people and i i think that when it comes to um like the veterinary industry part consciousness for me is is the whole gamut like my clinic my clinic opened in 1994 so a long time ago and when i opened it i had like i don't have any i did, i had no steel tables i had no um the only the only steel tables we had was in surgery because i i kind of couldn't get my head around walking in with an animal that was already scared and then putting it onto a table that it can't get any grip that it's sliding around on the table and then wondering why it's trying to nip at you or why it's crying or why it's trying to jump off the table or why it's heart rate is racing or why you can't get blood. Like even that disconnection and that unconsciousness of what that animal is going through. So I've spent a lot of years teaching veterinarians different ways of making it easier for animals, like being conscious of what's making them scared how can we how can we alleviate that fear how do we you know from a place of like taking blood use you know doing blood work um being on yoga mats and all my technicians just going on the floor and taking blood rather than putting them on the table or we had big leather ottomans so so when you look at consciousness we can look at it at all at all different levels it's, it's being it's really being aware and then from a perspective of empowerment, right? Like, like I always feel for, to be conscious, to, to help be the best caregiver and the best guardian for our animal, we have to be conscious of what, what they're going through, not just what we're feeling. Like Isla said, like, like we're trying to, like we might be feeling fear, we might be feeling whatever, but as an animal, what are they feeling? It's like to step outside ourselves and what we want and how we want to fix things really quickly or whatever, that we're not paying attention to what are, what are our animals really, what's best for our animal? What, do our, what does our animal want? So there's the level of consciousness within veterinary medicine. And then there's a level of consciousness as a guardian for our animals like the voice of our animals and in order for either one of those two things to happen isla's completely right you have to we have to we have to come back into ourselves and get present and solid and grounded in order to even make those decisions out of as a veterinarian as a veterinary technician as assistant as a as a pet parent it really doesn't matter it requires us to 
to get out of the chaos and the and the and the chatter and the noise in our head and and be aware i also feel like consciousness is is observation and as someone that was taking a lot of um cases with very very sick animals probably the first five years of my practice i got all end-stage animals animals with cancer third and fourth opinions from other vet clinics um there was a there was a lot of a lot of sadness and sickness and desperation and you know i you know we've done all of this now our animals are going to die and so then then they take them to the holistic clinic and say you know you have to if you don't save them we have to we have to put them down because we were because we were so new we were sort of people's last choice so when i would say to people so what's what what does your dog do with this or what does your cat do with this or what's different at your stable with your horse that might be different i was blown away by people's inability to even think of what might have changed for an animal and how that animal might have been. well there's nothing 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 and then you're like okay well you know any did a friend move in? Did a friend move out? Did someone? And then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, well, our daughter, our daughter just moved to, just went to university. Right. So it's like, like that, that, that inability to connect that that might affect an animal. It was, was just mind blowing for me. And that, that brings it all the way up to, you know, a personal experience, even that I had when even I was teaching about consciousness with animals and teaching people that, you know, um, you know, species oriented uh, lifestyle, right? So, so how, how, what are we exactly what Isla said? What are we putting a dog? We're putting a dog into a human life, or we're putting a cat into a human life and expecting them to respond accordingly. And the amount of stress that that puts on an animal is, is incredible, right? Or people not understanding that if you just want to laze around all day and watch Netflix, but when you walk outside the door and your dog or your cat is alone all day long, they're not watching, they're not, they don't have the ability to watch Netflix. Like just that to me is conscious pet pairing, being, just being aware of what your animal goes through day to day. Um, and I was going to get into a lot more about how your, you know, you know, you know, your, you know, what, what we put out and how the animal feels when, when that is being put out. But one thing I wanted to say is it's easy to talk about it, but it's not as easy often to do because I mean, I, I had a horse that I loved more than anything in this, on the planet. And, um, my horse was uh, really sick for three years and I was determined to save this horse. I was determined that this horse was not going to die. How could this happen? This is what I do for a living. I felt like a failure. I felt like I have to be able to figure out a way um, to, to be able to, to fix this horse. And then he died. And the second he died, I realized that I had spent three years focused on saving him and not being present with him. I lost three years of my horse's life being so terrified of death and him dying and me not being able to fix him that I actually missed three years of being with him. So 
conscious pet parenting or conscious being being conscious is I, I really feel are the gifts that our animals are bringing us to not only connect with them, but to connect with other people, connect with ourselves, connect with, with whatever fits for your philosophy, right? I don't, animals don't have a philosophy. So they help to guide you into what fits for you and your philosophy. They're not sitting there saying you need to be a Buddha or you need to be this, or you need to be that. They are who they are and they're connected to everything. So it's so easy to learn from them, even even feeling safe and familiar within something that you're comfortable with. So that's Thanks. my thought. Thank one, you. One small piece, just like Isla, like there's like, <laughs> it could go on for, it could go on for a lifetime. Well, it is a lifetime, isn't it? Everything that we're <laughs> doing, you know, this journey is a lifetime you know, um, physically, and then even when we pass over, it's still a journey which we haven't experienced yet, but I do believe it's going to be there still, you know. So anyway, um, Isla had this, has this really interesting topic that she wanted to share, you know, and um, so I'll, I'll leave it to her. Thanks, Amaris. And I just want to um, honour and welcome Gloria into the circle as well. Welcome, Gloria. Nice to have you and see you. Come in. Um, yeah, so I want to share, I guess, in these, as we're sitting here chatting, I'm like, oh, we can talk about this, we can talk about this, we can, and, but it is it's just a lifelong journey and then a, a journey within journeys within journeys of these many lives that we have been and will continue to be. Um, hi, hello. Hi, Gloria. Hi. Hi, everyone. I, I was listening to what you are saying. So interesting, so important from the animals. I love the animals too. And I don't imagine like uh, what say Julianne Nellis. She say that the animals don't care if you are Buddha or something like that, you know, they they just are connected with, with everything. And that's made my mind like, oh my God. Yeah, that is true. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Beautiful. Um, yeah, so I, I think trying to keep it to one kind of just little area and subject that I wanted to, to bring into the circle today for this this gathering of information, again, it's a tapestry of subjects and topics um, allowing us to be more and more conscious, uh, conscious guardians for our animals is the, the power of thought and the power of words holding that intention. So moving on to the, the topics that we, we've already kind of brought forward about, everything is interconnected. We are not living in a home with our animals and ourselves and there's a separation there. As we stand as physical animals, there is this beautiful vibration and energy that, um, like we start with the meditation, those threads that just connects us all in this beautiful web and this beautiful tapestry. And so because everything is a vibration, everything is a frequency, having an awareness of not only um, what we feel about ourselves and what we say about ourselves, but that perspective of being conscious of the thoughts that we have, the words that we speak to our animals. And I see it all the time. And I said this the other day, even if we're joking about our animals, I'm not even sure if I can swear in, in this, so I won't, but you know, if someone's like, oh, my dog, the a-hole or, and even though there's jest about it, I'm like, wow, but that is, that is also kind of holding a vibration and 
like how often do you use that word how how often do you say that to your dog um and stepping away from the fact of animals don't understand words but they understand the intention and the vibration of them um and this is why you know if we are we're going off to work and we're going to be four or five hours don't say I'll be back in a minute. I won't be long. I'll be back in a minute. If you're going to be long, then say you're going to be long. If you're going to be back in a minute, say you're going to be back in a minute. But even deep with that, the 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 thoughts that we are having about our animals, the thoughts that we're having about how they're going to be, how they're not going to be, what they're going to cope with, what they're not going to cope with, the thoughts that we're having about their procedures, their therapies, what it is that they need. If a, if we know that our our animal is in a place of emergency of going to the vets immediately because there's been an accident but they need a certain procedure and the animal's not comfortable with that then explaining that to them really guiding them through it through the power of thought the power of words that hold a vibration thoughts become things words become things like i said in the opening meditation words hold medicine or poison they can inspire they can tire they can raise consciousness they can lower consciousness so setting setting our our dogs up when we become more conscious of what it means to coexist with an animal of like oh i might know that you're going to the vet in a couple of days but actually you don't have an awareness of that um but i'm going to share that with you it's still in the animal's full right to express what they need to express but at least they have an understanding of like ah right so in two dark nights as i always say to my dogs if like because it's the two dark nights is when i've been asleep rather than when they've been asleep and so i've learned that through my animals that when i would use to say to them so guys i can i was to this example my dogs okay in in three dark nights sorry in three sleeps so in three sleeps this is what's going to be happening and in the same day she was starting to act a bit weird and i'm like what is going on and then of course for a for an animal for dogs for cats like they can be they can be asleep during a day maybe six seven eight times whereas for us it's like we wake up we're awake all day we might have a little nana nap maybe but then on a night time like that is our sleep so she was getting confused because i was like okay in three sleeps we need to go to the vets and she was like this is like sleep number three it's what's going on i'm like that what's she playing at and so that's also like through being conscious of again what are we here to learn i've already said this to her i've already try this procedure what else can identify what else from her perspective she's not understanding so i'm she i mean our animals always teach us so much so yeah even from a very simple thing of preparing our animals they do need to go to the we are going on holiday if friends are coming round, preparing that for animals because it's something that we know so we know to expect it but we can tell it to our animals and they understand the intention through the thoughts that we create with that and also the words that we speak and therefore having also an intention of the words that we speak, including how are we preparing our dog's food? Are we, oh, I'm preparing their food, but I'm having an argument with my husband or I'm mad at a friend or my boss told me off at work and so I'm just really angry with them or I'm just really tired or I don't really care about my dog's food. Like you are that energy, you are in a sense, well, not in a sense, you are also part of the medicine that supports your animal's wellness, that supports your animal's health, that supports your animal's nourishment. So again, going back to consciousness, wow, are we consciously, it's always about showing up, show up, be present, show up, be present. Are we showing up in every waking moment? And even actually in that sense, in our dream time, to coexist with our animals consciously. So for me, it's often, like some words that I might sing when I speak, when I'm doing my dog's food, or I'll put on music, music that really like ignites my soul, fills it with love, fills it with beauty, fills it with like, oh, when I hear this song, I, 
oh, I just feel so alive. And I'm singing that as I'm preparing my animal's food, my dog's food, because again, that is bringing in the power of intention as I'm working with the food. I've got my hands in the food and, um, and yeah, doing a little blessing around it as well. And then in our waking day of how we communicate with our dogs, with their walking off, I keep saying dogs, and I do mean animals, just because I'm so used to working with dogs, but we do mean animals. Um, but yeah, are we out walking our dogs? Are we um, speaking to our cats? We, if, if we got parrots, gerbils, hamsters, horses, whatever. But the, the, this awareness, this consciousness of the words that we speak, knowing, and again, this is where the consciousness comes from, knowing that the words that we speak are medicine or toxin, the words that we speak, like, wow, for every word that I speak, is that like giving my animal a juicy, a juicy little kind of elixir that's really going to like really bring out this nourishment in all aspects of who they are as best as we can, knowing that there are other triggers and factors that we kind of have no control of? Or are we using words that are really deflating, really kind of putting the animal in a very dense energy, as dense vibration, which again, if our animal already is compromising their ecosystem, is already compromising their wellness, words can make a huge difference. Words can really support our dogs in their healing process, their recovery, um, or they can really prolong the healing period, the healing time, they can really prolong um, an injury or a physical distress, as well as an emotional and mental distress, and therefore the spiritual distress um, for that animal as well. And so what I invite everybody as our kind of first gathering, first circle is um, fun. As I can't even say it's homework, but just fun. For me, I'm just always about, let's just have fun and be playful because this is a lifelong journey. But start to notice how present you are in how you speak to your animal, how you speak to yourself and start to notice um, the words that you use. And again, particularly when we start to come out of being conscious of whether we are getting a bit stressed ourselves or we're getting angry or getting irritated, then become conscious of like, hang on a minute, why am I angry or irritated? Why is my dog, make, why is my dog, why is my animal making me feel angry or irritated? And where is that, where is it actually coming from? What is that? teaching me about myself because it doesn't start or end with our animals it's it's a deeper lesson um which is why our animals so beautiful show for, our, for ourselves as well as well as many other factors um so that's an invitation that i have of the power of the thought thoughts become things the power of the voice the power of the words holding that medicine or that poison even um for me it's just clearing like speaking when we're putting a dog's lead on when we are cleaning our cat's litter tray um yeah are we using words that are that are always supportive and with that not giving ourselves a hard time if we don't because we are human we do get triggered we do trip up we do have stresses that our animals don't have to deal with in the way that because of the animal that they are at this time and what we are as a human at this time. Um, so I'm very big about like just never giving yourself a hard time because it's the victory is when you recognize it. The victory is like that. Oh, OK, this I've just noticed that I use this word towards my animal or um, I'm really stressed and I'm getting a bit annoyed with my animal. Um, so start to be playful just to begin with, bringing in that consciousness and bringing in that awareness. And so that's what I wanted to share as, as a start, as a little bit of an invitation, of an exploration, of a quest, as we call it. I, 
with my own clients, I always talk about quests and I know Amaris has talked about that and I'm like, yes, let's go on a quest. Quests are fun and adventurous and awesome. We all get to be Indiana Jones, which is very exciting. So yeah, my invitation for our first kind of month of this circle is um, to pay attention consciously to the thoughts that you have about yourself and your animal or animals and the words that you speak to yourself and your loved ones, including your animals. And knowing that every word that you speak, every thought that you had becomes a thing. Every word that you speak, every thought that you have is a vibration that can raise consciousness, lower consciousness, can inspire or tire. I were using words of like, oh, I love you. I hate you. You make me angry. As I say, we swearing at our dogs even if we are kind of joking it's still like yeah but there's still an in there's still like that intention behind it um and knowing that for everything that we do that is either supporting our animals vibration and energy and ecosystem or it's yet another factor that is affecting the dog's vibration and because our animals are so I mean, they coexist with us, they're so close to us that we have that strong pull of, of us being this pulsating being can really influence um, how our animals are responding, how our animals are healing, um, how healthy are, like like Julianne said, with like one of my dogs got a cancer in 2020 and I've, I, I, don't, I still don't see that she has cancer. It's never been, it's, I'm, I see it as information for the go, hmm, what can I learn about this? I don't know anything about this cancer. What I didn't even know she has. Um, she had cancer in the anal sac. I didn't even know. I didn't even know you could get cancer in the anal sac, but you can. Um, oh, and certainly dogs can. I suppose cats can as well. Um, but yeah, just then I'm like, brilliant. This is this is another quest for me. How can I learn about this cancer? And um, but equally, it's not. That's not her. That doesn't define her. But again, if we are the guardian, where we um, start to worry, start to panic, or fixate on something, again. That is still an energy that is a vibration that is what words are we then speaking about that like oh you've got to excuse me my dog's got cancer you've got to feel sorry for her she's got cancer she's responding this way because she's got cancer and we're just feeding it that's what we're feeding so i've never my closest friends know that she, that she has it but it's something that i never never talk about um tunkasil and i work with it in our own way but it's not something that i'm feeding because i know that that's going to vibrationally create create more of it um yeah so that's my invitation to you all uh, for this circle and i do recognize that benita has joined us as well so welcome welcome into the space as well thanks isla well power of words um that is something that i struggle with still every day uh, i'll be honest and you know yes you can swear in this program no problem because i i have a i have a potty mouth so you know there you go but um Julianne Lee, what are your thoughts and what would you like to share? Um, I think I think that again, I I I agree a hundred percent. And I think I'm always gonna probably bring it back to our our a lot of it to our understanding because I think and and what animals bring to our, our own lives um that we are uh, what we can learn with our animals we can we can move into the world to be but i think animals teach us how to be better humans and and i think it's because we have the space to be able to learn with them 
because we trust them more often. Most people, many people that I've found, trust our animals more than we trust people. So what happens, I think, and how we have this amazing ability to learn from our animals is exactly what Isla said. It's like, it's like if we are frustrated and we say something to our animal and then we can sort of be, it's easier for us to be consciously aware because then our animals aren't turning around and going, well, screw you too, and then creating a fight, right? So, so it gives us that space to be, they give us a space to be aware. They unconditionally love us. So we're, it's easier for us to learn how to be a better human being with our animals. And I feel that it is with, a, with another human. And then we can take what we learn with our animals and we can bring it into the world. So if you're, but, but first you have to be conscious that they're conscious. So first of all, you have to get to that place where if you tell your animal to, you know, screw off and you're actually aware that that what you just said to them is going to hurt them, is going to affect them or it's going to affect their energy. But then I think it's a much easier way to step back and go, wow, I just said that. Holy. So it makes us more conscious as a as a as a human. So that the next time you walk into a room and you want to say the same thing to somebody else, like up to a human being, that lesson with that animal has, has been one piece of information that you've been able to, to, to have the space to be aware, to become aware. So I think it's a bunch of different, I think it's, it works in very interesting ways and, it, and it's different with every single person and every single animal. But if, if, if we allow ourselves to be more conscious with an animal, I think they can teach us faster than a, than a, than a, than a person, than, a, than another relationship or your children or anything like that. Um, the other thing I wanted to say too is that is this, this thing around guilt and this thing around like doing our best and, and being human beings and, and, and giving us ourselves, giving ourselves space to recognize and then, and then not feel guilty. I spent a lot of time with people, uh, with, with clients, with, with animals that were really sick that had a lot of guilt around it because they didn't feel they had time for their animals because, you know, they're soccer moms. And I mean, there's soccer, you know, with COVID and stuff, it's different. We have a whole other bunch of stuff that we feel guilty about, but, you know, trying to find the space to, to be with your animal. Cause I find that what people do is when they feel guilty about their animals, it's easier to ignore your animals, right? It's, they don't, they don't like tag on your, your thing, or they don't freak out like your husband or your wife or your children or whatever. They're, they're easier to be go, Oh, I just don't have time to do that right now with them. Right. Because they're not as in your face as your boss or your business or your children or your husband or your wife or your whatever. So I always try and tell people that in order to try and start that process of being conscious of your animal, therefore becoming conscious of yourself, start to start to include your animals in your family as much as you can. So if you don't have time to take them for a walk or you don't, animals are, our group animals are very family oriented. So instead of running upstairs and, and reading a bedtime story to your kids and your dog sits or your cat even sits on the, on the 
couch while you're upstairs with your children if you really don't have the time to spend with your animals like you like you can because we're in this crazy everyone is like crazy busy um then take your dog upstairs with you and be let get them on the bed and let them be part of the storytelling right like include them in your family be conscious that that oh yeah we're all upstairs having a having a story time but the dog's downstairs and he's been downstairs all day or my cat's been downstairs all day be even just being conscious of that to bring that animal up into the bedroom to be as you know and as as much a part of the family and like take the book and and read the book and then look at your dog and go do you know do you think that's funny too like like get them like exactly what Isla said it's your it's not even if they understand the storybook or not but to to look at your dog's face and go did you think that was funny you know don't tell me one single person that has has a dog or a cat that wouldn't say they would they would engage them they would feel engaged right so it's it's in, you know i think that it's the inclusion too and the fun part because exactly what you said, Isla, too. Like if, if kids are getting happy and everyone's running around or you're even dancing in the kitchen and your dog starts barking or your cat starts doing whatever, it's it's sometimes people will get upset because they're barking. Well, that's showing that they're excited, right? It's, so then again, it puts us into awareness. So rather than going quiet, quiet, don't bark, like stop barking it's like stepping back and it we're it's animals are constantly bringing us into the moment constantly if we allow them to if if we are aware they're constantly doing it exactly what isla said if they're doing something and you're embarrassed because they're doing something it's time for you to step back and go why am i embarrassed well what's that going to do that's actually going to give you more confidence as a person it's going to bring in your self self worth to be able to go hmm that's interesting because i really don't care if that person thinks my dog is being x y and z or my cat is being this way or my horse is being this way so i just i really do feel that if we if 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 you're on mind valley or you're on any other platform that you're trying to learn how to be more conscious or more grounded or more in the moment, there's no better teacher than an animal because you, in their eyes, you're not going to do it right. You're not going to do it wrong. You're not going to be judged. You're just going to be you and they're going to accept you whether you do it right or wrong or indifferent. And they just probably will appreciate even that extra moment that you're spending with them, whether you, whether you look goofy or you're not doing it right. It doesn't matter. They're, they're, they're a huge help to our overall well-being. Wow, I'm so thankful and grateful that you took the time to listen to this podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could subscribe, download, rate, review, and share this with others whom you care about that may enjoy it as well. Thank you and remember to be kind to yourself and others. Have a awesome day, everyone. <laughs>